0: Hello, solo travelers. Welcome back to another episode of the Solo Travel Woman podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, bringing you all the stories, advice, and inspiration for your next solo travel adventure. Today, we are embarking on a journey exploring the diverse food, drink cultures from across the globe. We're gonna dive into the art of dining alone, reveal the best ways to experience local cuisine, uncover a couple hidden gems in some local restaurants, and explore unique ways to immerse yourself in the flavors of the world. So pack up your appetites and let's embark on this delicious journey together.
1: Hello and welcome to the Solo Travel Woman podcast. My name is Sarah and I am a huge travel enthusiast and also the host of the show. I am so excited you are here. Women join this show so they can become empowered and inspired to get out into the world as their true authentic selves and say no to all the fears and stereotypes that surround solo travel. But that isn't all we do. We also inspire women in their everyday lives, whether it's at home, in business, or of course my favorite area traveling so I invite you to sit back enjoy the show and become one of our empowered solo travel women
0: Embarking on a solo culinary adventure can be incredibly rewarding. It allows you to get a front row seat to experience the true essence of local flavors. It allows you to learn about diverse food cultures and truly bond with locals over shared meals. One of the biggest things that I always tell my clients when they're looking to, you know, travel solo and they're like, well, you know, I'm nervous about eating alone or I've always seen people eat alone and I always feel sad for them. You really truly need to embrace it. It's quite a liberating experience to be able to go out there and do things on your own. Something as simple as dining alone can be very daunting and nerve wracking, and so you're going to truly want to embrace every moment of it and see it as an opportunity to engage with the local environment and fully savor each bite without distraction you know one of the best things about traveling solo is that you don't have somebody else to lean on or somebody else dictating your plans and what you do so you really really can take advantage of that opportunity You're gonna also wanna make sure that you engage with the people around you, the wait staff, fellow diners. Ask about local specialties and perhaps get recommendations for hidden gems in the area. You know, they live there, they live and breathe everything there. So ask them, get their advice, learn some fun different places to go. But always really prioritize safety. So you wanna choose dining establishments that have good reputations, that are in safer areas. Keep an eye on your belongings because obviously you know, you're still out in public and that's anywhere in the world. And be mindful of alcohol intake. I know, you know, I personally love my wine at dinner, this and that. I can tend to get a little loosey-goosey. But you really want to be mindful of that, especially when you're dining alone, just because there are people out there that do not have the best of intentions and ultimately you're responsible for yourself. And so just be mindful of that. I used to be one of those people that was so scared to dine alone, not scared, like safety wise, but embarrassed, I guess you can say, or sad. I remember, I mean, every time I see like an older person dining alone, I'm always just like, Oh my God, they're by themselves. Did their spouse pass away? Like that's where my mind goes. And so I always would have be insecure, you know, that someone would be thinking those things about me or thinking, wow, she can't get anyone to eat with her, but that's not the case. I now find comfort in going to cafes or restaurants by myself and bringing a book or bringing my laptop to work or just sitting there and enjoying every bite and every experience. I'm gonna give you a cool example. So when I was in Peru by myself, um, it was one of my first times traveling solo to a country and to a part of a country where there, I didn't think there was going to be a lot of English speakers. Now, little did I know that Cusco, Peru, there's plenty of English speakers. So I didn't have to worry about that, but I didn't know. And I remember walking through the little town center of Cusco and I decided to go to an Irish pub. I was like, okay, I'm going to go eat by myself, but I'm going to go in the comfortability of I know Irish pubs, right? I've been to Irish pubs, whatever. So I go into the Irish pub that's right there in the center and I sit at the bar. That's the other tip is um, if you are uncomfortable sitting at a table alone, sit at the bar. You know, this way you can talk to the bartender. It's it's easier to strike up conversations with people sitting at the bar than at a table because then you got to shout across the room, right? So I sat at the bar and I started talking to the bartender and I ordered the buffalo wings that were there. I'm from Buffalo, New York, you know, inventor of the buffalo wings and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, I gotta try buffalo wings in Peru, right? And so I tried them and they were not, obviously, obviously, they were not like what we get back in the States and especially not what I get back when I go home to Buffalo. Um, and I started just laughing. The bartender was like, oh, wait, you laughing at And I was like, well, it's just funny. I'm from Buffalo where these wings were kind of, you know, originated. And it's just so funny how different countries and cultures to have a different take on what a buffalo wing is I was like they're freaking delicious they were Peruvian chicken wings you know what I mean so they had the Peruvian flavors and it was so freaking good and then the couple next to me was like oh you're from there I'm from so and so and we just started talking all this stuff next thing you know I signed up for a painting class with these two people and I wouldn't have had that experience had I been with someone right because I might my, my concentration of my energy and my attention would have been focused on the person I was with and having conversations with them. I probably would not have opened up, you know, maybe to the bartender, but not to other people as much as I did. And I ended up having a really cool time and experience and got to experience something else outside of just eating solo and meeting them there by being able to take part in that painting class. So it just goes to show that being open and friendly, but still keeping your guard up and your wits about you can really lead you to other experiences too not just that dining moment.
1: Everyone knows I am extremely passionate about travel. The one thing I wish though, is that I would have started at a younger age. This is why I am so excited to say that I am now sponsored by Little Passports. Little Passports is a subscription that allows children to start their life of exploration right from their own homes. With monthly boxes being sent directly to your child, they will come fully equipped with all different ways to learn about world geography, animals around the world, oceanography, so many amazing things. So not only are they having fun, getting to explore, but also learning amazing, amazing things. So definitely check them out. You can get 10% off by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Happy exploring.
0: So once you embrace your fears and really put yourself out there to dine alone, one thing that is pretty amazing is experiencing that local cuisine. Tasting it is just a gateway to truly understanding a country's culture, their traditions and their history. And to really experience and relish it, one of my favorite things to do and some people frown against it, some people think I'm crazy, but I'm from I lived in New York City for 14 years. Street food is a thing and it is delicious. Um Obviously, some people don't like it, I freaking love it. So I always say go out there and explore local street food. It's truly often a representation of the area's culture and it's a wonderful way to taste local flavors. So think Pani puri in India, Tacos in Mexico, if you're not from the States and you go to New York City, get that hot dog and pretzel, get those, you know, um, peanuts, you know, the roasted peanuts. Street food to me is just so freaking delicious. I can eat it all the time. Um, I love a good street hot dog from New York. But also when I've gone to other countries, like when I've gone to Greece, I've gotten euros um, right there at a street vendor. Um, obviously check it, make sure you're safe with it. Make sure people are wearing gloves, all that kind of stuff. You know, don't just walk up to anyone just selling food on the street, you know, make sure it's a reputable establishment doing it. But I think to me, that's one of the coolest ways to experience local food. Uh, also I love a good food festival. You know, there's Smorgasbord in Brooklyn. There was other, the Italian festival, the San Gennaro festival, things like that. I used to go to those all the time. I love them. I'm huge into festivals and farmer's markets really cool way to not only dive into the culture and location that you're visiting, but also taste the food. So you're going to have a wide variety of local produce, handmade goods, treats, and it's really going to provide you a snapshot of the region's culinary landscape. Like when I was in Peru, we used to go to the markets all the time and try. Like I had never had golden berries before. I didn't know there were so many variations of corn and potatoes. I'm used to like our yellow corn and I'm used to basic potatoes, you know, red, some purple potatoes, Yukon, that kind of stuff. The amount of variations in Peru was amazing. I didn't know what that was. And they're all used for different things. And so going to those local food markets and festivals allowed me to experience that and taste so many different things. I don't know. And there's something kind of like romantic. And I don't mean romantic in the like lovey-dovey thing. But I mean like, you know, romanticizing a place and romantic about like a place you're going to about just walking through a market with your little tote bag, trying local fruits and putting some in your bag to take back to your place, like all that kind of thing, right? Like you'd see in Eat, Pray, Love, right? I love that experience. And then in the last episode, you know, when we talked about learning through travel, one of the big ways to do that is through cooking classes. And that's another really cool way to experience local cuisine, right? Is enrolling in a cooking class, take a pasta making class in Italy, take a sushi making class in Japan. It's a hands-on way to learn about local ingredients, cooking techniques, and traditional recipes. And it allows you to bring a piece of your travels back home. So by learning these cuisines and learning how to make them authentically, You can then come home and share that with your loved ones who maybe didn't get to go there and might not ever get to go there and have that experience and then create an experience with them separately from your trip. And I think that's the coolest thing, right? Like we focus so much on souvenirs. Oh, I gotta get her a keychain or magnet, whatever. I'm a souvenir tchotchke person. Like, don't get me wrong. My office is full of artifacts from around the world. It's my favorite thing to do. But there's something different about learning how to cook an authentic cuisine from the place I was visiting and bringing that home and making it for someone I love. I And, and then you share that moment with them and then ultimately make a new, new experience and memory with them. So those are some fun, cool ways to dive into the local cuisine. But Also, you want to venture and become a patron at local restaurants, right? So sampling different culinary dishes at local restaurants is a really thrilling aspect of travel. So that means anything from high-end Michelin star restaurants to little cafes and bistros on the corner of a street. Each place is going to tell you a different story through its dishes, right? It doesn't matter the scale of the restaurant, you know, kind of like the rating, whatever that might be. Every single one is going to tell a story through its dishes, through your palate, into your tummy, and you're going to learn so much. Like, I'm big into hole-in-the-wall places, but I also like to go out and spoil myself. Um, For example, there's this really cute bistro in Paris, and I'm going to say this wrong, so don't come for me, all right? Just don't do it. I'm not trying to know how to speak French right now. I can I'm not good with the pronunciation of things, but it's Le comptoir de Relasse. I don't know. Okay. Just look it up. It's L-E-C-O-M-P-T-O-I-R-D-U-R-E-L-A-I-S. Okay. Um, it offers just such a cute, cozy atmosphere and their cuisine is insane. Insane. And really, what's cool is that it kind of caters solo travel. A lot of solo travelers go there. I mean, I've been there and I've met people by themselves there. Um, And you can really immerse yourself in the Parisian lifestyle and their cuisine. And you're going to get a lot of locals. You're going to get a lot of solo people going there. But it's just the cutest bistro. It's delicious food. And so definitely something to check off on your list. There's also Suki Yabashi Euro in it's a gyro experience in um, in Japan and it's a renowned sushi restaurant and you can really experience the art of sushi and each piece is a testament to the chef's dedication to his craft. So each time you go there, different there's gonna be different items on the menu and each item that you taste is going to be you could taste the passion of that chef in the food. Um, so that's another one, it's in Tokyo to look, but definitely always make sure you're researching local restaurants beforehand, making reservations if at all possible, and look for places that are welcoming for solo diners and offer a diverse menu. I also say stay away from restaurants around touristy areas. For example, let's say you're in Florence and you go to you know the Dome and stuff. I wouldn't really, now it doesn't mean don't go, whatever. If you just need something quick and easy, go right ahead. You know, do it, do what you gotta do. I've done it. Um, but the restaurants, you know, like around there, the restaurants surrounding the Pantheon or the restaurants surrounding the Coliseum, they're catered to tourists, right? You're not gonna get authentic stuff there. You're gonna get Alfredo. Chicken Alfredo is not a standard dish in Italy, all right? That's very much westernized. And so, different things like that. You're not going to get very authentic meals at those more tourist, you know, hot spots. So definitely go off the beaten path. Stay safe though while you're searching, but really really do some research on some local local places. And then the last area to really dive into the culinary experience of a location is food tours. Um, join local food tours on my website. If you go to other travel experiences and you go down to activities and stuff, you can book yourself some fun food tours, whether it's wine tasting tours or, you know, tapas tours in Barcelona, whatever that might be. They're a fantastic way to learn about the culinary history of a place and to sample a variety of local dishes in one go. So you can bop around, you know, like kind of like a bar crawl, right? But instead it's a food crawl. You're just going around trying all different things. Um... Look into homestays, you know, that are offering different meals. Eat with a local family. It can provide you an intimate glimpse into the daily life and culinary traditions of a community. They also have special tastings such as wine tastings, cheese, chocolate tastings that will dive deeper into a specific aspect of a country's culinary heritage. So when I went up to Tuscany, we did a Chianti um, went to the Chianti region and we did specific wine tours there. Um, so there are specialty tours you can also go on in different tastings. Um, another example in Italy is Vivanda Gastronomia. It offers, um, organic wine and food tastings and they provide a very holistic experience of Tuscany's culinary riches. Again, don't come at me for butchering things guys. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, But yeah, I mean, culinary exploration is just such a sensorial voyage. Um, It's a way to connect, learn, grow. And it really helps you understand the heartbeat of a culture. It makes your journey so much more richer, so much more memorable because you can bring that experience home with you. So the next time you find yourself somewhere, you know, really, again, as a solo travel woman, we always say to embrace, you know, and step out of your comfort zone and embrace the unknown. Do it. Explore the local favors. Try everything once. Some things might sound crazy. I mean, when I was in Peru, I tried koi. If you don't know what koi is, it's guinea pig. I would not think of eating guinea pig ever in my life, but when in Peru, you try the local delicacies and I did. Will I ever eat it again? No. I also tried alpaca. Will I ever eat it again? No, but I'm, I tried it. I, to say I did, to have that experience, to say I freaking stepped out of my comfort zone, And that's what I want you to do is really embrace that solo culinary adventure. So thank you so much for joining me on this delicious (laughs) exploration of food and drink cultures from around the world. And I really do hope that next time um, you are out and about and traveling or even in your local hometown, you really just embrace the world's diverse cuisine because it truly is a memorable experience. So Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review. And if you have any of your own experiences, let me know. I would love to know. And again, if you have any suggestions on what we should cover on this podcast, please reach out. Happy traveling.